just listen to people who inspire you or go to church I think it's important to like of course take it and and read it for yourself because even when a person reads a scripture and it's very valid their interpretation is valid and there's factual evidence there also are certain nuances that I think can be applicable to that individual specifically for themselves. And there was a couple of things um, that I thought were interesting. At first in his interpretation, uh, when he talked about um, the Isaiah chapter, uh, I guess it would be chapter 40, verse uh, 31. And uh, he talked about the three ways um, and I'm going to go back to 30. It says uh, in Isaiah 40, 30, it says, um, even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But actually, and I'm going to go back up. I'm going to go to 40, 29. It says he, he gives power to the weak and those, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. And then 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I noticed he likened it to, you know, the eagles. I thought that was great how he, you know, likened it to, you know, the eagles and the eaglets and how, when they seem like they are not able to actually catch because eagles, they fly on currents of wind. So if they're flailing and they had not learned to pick up, as they say, a wave or a current of wind, the the parent eagle comes and scoops them up, Um, which I think was a beautiful visualization of how I think the Lord will, you know, save us sometimes um, in times of uh, duress. Now, you know, he likened the run and not be weary and the walk and not faint to being on a treadmill. And he talked about, you know, the walking and focusing on, you know, television or watching the news as you're on the treadmill. Um, I even said, you know, in listening, you know, listening to music, you can focus on something else. Now, the difference I noticed with that is that, like, if, if I liken myself to jogging, which is something that I've definitely enjoyed doing, what I found in that, in, in that, as he was saying, it wasn't that the focus on the music keeps me from being weary. It actually gives me a focus where I stay the course. Right. You know what I, you know what I mean? Um, So it's almost like I will run and not be weary. Like I'll run and I won't get tired of running. You know what I mean? Uh, So I can stay the course without getting tired. I notice if I run and I stay the course long enough, I will get a second wind. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, where it then he likened the, the walk and not fainting 
to after you run, there's the cool down, letting the heart acclimate. You can't just go from running to just stop it. You have to kind of let the heart acclimate. It's the same with running. It's the same with running and staying the course. Like if you stay the course, you give your heart time to adjust to the speed and you can run and and your heart catches up. Do you see what I'm saying? Because sometimes when you're in a difficulty, you see yourself as getting tired. Like I notice when I start to run, like my joints have to get into it. I got to get warmed up. I got to get, you know, lubricated. I kind of get, and I mean, it's the same thing with any type of activity, whether it's dance or whatever, you got to get warmed up a little bit and let the heart kind of increase you know what I mean? And get comfortable with the pace that you're running. You yeah. get your mindset on what you're doing, which is the focus. You can do it on the news or on the TV, or in this case, it would be the word. And your heart kind of acclimates. Everything starts to mesh together and the body accepts this is the course that we're going. And then, you know, as you finish that that run or that race or that, that uh, routine or whatever you're doing, then you have the cool down because he's right. You can't just stop. Usually that's life. Life doesn't give us that luxury of stopping. Yeah. But then you walk and not faint. And then also, yes, you let your heart adjust to it, but it's also, you know, the walking, you don't, you don't get tired. It's just the cool down and you let again, your heart adjust to the pace. So to me, I kind of saw it as, the Lord renews our strength. It's not one of those things where, oh, and it says clearly here, it says he increases. So it's not just maintenance. It's increasing your capacity to stay the course. You know what I mean? Um, now this, mind you, this is the King James version, new King James version. I'm sorry that I'm reading from. So it's, you know, he increases our, our strength and we will, you know, be able to stay the course, not necessarily, you know, feel like, you know, we got to be distracted. We can stay focused and our heart, our hearts are strengthened where we have the heart to stay the course because we know that the Lord is with us. We're focused. We, we, we met, pray and meditate on the word and that increases our strength to know that we're not alone and we have that extra energy. Um, so I, I just thought that was, you know, pretty interesting in, in his interpretation of being needing the distraction. Where for me, when I'm running the course, I don't need a distraction. I just need my, my spirit, my, the heart in my spirit. You know what I mean? Because I got a heart in my body that needs to acclimate. But my spiritual heart, my spiritual um uh acceptance of you know like my spiritual will has to match the the course like this is a whole thing of not just spiritual it's spiritual fitness you know what i mean so your heart has to catch up you got to get that spiritual strength up that spiritual endurance that's the word i'm looking for um in order to stay the course and then as your spiritual endurance grows you can handle challenges better, but also with exercise, fitness, uh, and any other modality where it takes skill, the challenges have to be there to build you up. You know, so I think these new, 
nuances, these new challenges um, and trials that we go through are also to build our endurance. Because I can't, you know, I started out with 10 pounds, but now 10 pounds is no longer a challenge for me. So I got to go up to 15. I got to go up to 20. If I'm running, I don't run just for five minutes. I run now run for 10 or now run for 15, 20, 30. You know, and I can stay the course because I've built that spiritual endurance. I thought that was um, interesting. But it was just just uh, kind of, you know, tweaking my, how it ministered to me what he was actually saying. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat. And then he, um, he even talked about, um, you know, when we, when he, when we switched over to, um, Philippians and uh, uh, where where was it at? Um, He was talking about, um, you know, the current situation with this whole uh, situation with, uh, I guess, um, you know, COVID and how, uh, you know, how we're or I know, I'm sorry. Uh, well, w- with the COVID, he talked about how it was this whole thing about how, it, you know, God is up to something in the world. And one thing I knew, I know for sure is that the word says in uh, Philippians, I think it's two, uh, two, I'll start at nine. It says, um, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name that at that name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I think that something like this globally is putting us all in a position that, you know, there's no other way to turn but to God. You know, this is not something we as human beings we can pinpoint with just our intellect, with our number know-how, with our scientific know-how, with our baseline intelligence. As much as we are developed human beings and educated human beings, God's ways are above our ways. And we will have to turn to God for the solution. And I think this is a prime example of that in our current day and age, we're going to try everything and exhaust everything. And the only way it will be remedied is if every knee bows, every tongue confesses, everyone acknowledges that only God has the solution, you know, and, uh, it was, I thought it was super neat. Um, when he talked about it, you know, he talked about, you know, the whole mask thing and, you know, I do understand that, you know, when Jesus, even when he healed the lepers, he didn't hide himself from the lepers, but he, um, he went amongst them, prayed for them and healed them. Now, okay, fine. You know, if we're out and about, if you wear your mask, unless you're going out to heal, I don't see the, I think it's really a matter of you doing what you feel is the right thing. But um, I believe that if you're going out to pray for people, it's nothing that you should fear where you need to, you know, hide, hide away or protect yourself because 
the Lord God is the protector of those who trust in him um there was this other um he was talking about how uh the disciples they were on the boat and uh I'm trying to think what um what scripture was that that he was talking about um where he said peace be still and uh he was talking about um he said even peace was moving but when he was talking about it like uh, and I mean I'm you know talking about you know the pastor that we were listening to like that's not necessarily what I had gotten from it you know yeah you know he went out in the chaos to me I believe that storm was a reflection of how we can be in our spirits during trying times or during duress is this and you know he spoke to the storm and told it to have peace peace you have peace, peace. all of this craziness this wind yeah. and this rain you have peace be still you know, not like peace was moving. He had to tell peace to wait up. Yeah. You know what I mean? He spoke uh, to the wind. Yes, exactly. Now, if you want to see it as peace fleeting from these people, and he's saying, please, peace, wait. Wait, because you are the you are escaping these mm-hmm. people in their spirit. So, fine. But it's just amazing to me, the word, and how you can get so much from it. Yeah. In the in the midst of listening but it it just pays so much to get into the word and to find that out for yourself like you can't just sit on someone else's rendition because there's something specifically in it for you yeah Yeah. or it may even speak to you for someone else you know Mm -hmm. so super neat um Justin you know I, I think that one thing that uh, stands out in the whole passage from the, the boat and the storm is that um, we're reminded that uh, even in our questions and uh, our state strength to the weak Uh, but that means that first we have to acknowledge when we're weak we have to acknowledge that we're weak at the moment and be honest with God you know so in the boat Jesus didn't yell at them for saying what they said Mm -mm. he actually heard them Mm -hmm. and fixed it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then taught him what the lesson was. Mm-hmm. So God doesn't doesn't get mad at us. He knows He knows how we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He just wants us to learn from the situations. So I think that that's that's beautiful to me. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That to me it's it shows how merciful God is how he will accomplish he 
his will through the situation. Mm-hmm. But big part of that is in us feeling that we are feeling confident that we can go to God the way we are mm-hmm. and be honest. I mean, I think it's also, you know, when Jesus, I'm trying to find um, where he was talking to the, can you look that up where he was talking to the the disciples in the boat? I didn't actually look that up. Um, I feel like it's, I mean, it's clearly in the New Testament, but where I didn't actually um, I'm trying to remember where it's at, but if you tell me, I'll. Are you looking up the, or did you just? I'm, I'm looking for where it is. Mark four. Okay, that's what I thought. Mark. Mark four. What? Uh, Thirty-five. So it says, 39, it says, He rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. Now, he rebuked the wind. Now, I think about how he says he rebuked the wind. Almost like, remember when Peter, he had to rebuke Peter. So to me, it was almost a chastisement. You know what I'm saying? So... I thought it interesting that he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea. Do you see what I'm saying? So the wind was acting up. But then when we think of the wind, we also think of our thinking. Do you see what I'm saying? So I almost see the wind as a a representation of the way we can think. And then the sea is our emotions. And he spoke peace to the sea. Do you see what I'm saying? So he rebuked the thinking and spoke peace to the emotions. You know what I mean? And I, I really always thought that was pretty interesting. He said the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But then, you know, just in a in assessment to what you said about being honest with God. One thing that, you know, Tony was saying, uh, which was the pastor we were listening to, he was saying how um, we can ask God questions but we have to be okay with certain things he just does not see fit to answer because we may not be ready and it just may be over our heads we just don't need to know it's on a need to know basis but we can we can ask questions but it is not us our our place to question god to challenge what he's doing um but you know jesus he didn't rebuke them but he asked them why why are you so fearful? Yeah. How is it that you have no faith? And, you know, it said, and they fear exceedingly and said to one another. Now, mind you, when he said, when Tony said that they feared him, I was like, did they really? But it says here, not only did they, you know, did they have fear of the sea, then they feared Jesus after doing what he did. 
And mind you, he literally just saved them. And that is so interesting to me about people is that even when you seem to do something that you feel is helpful, they can still respond in a way that is shockingly um, defensive. You know what I mean? Um, Like I think about those times where you try to give a loving word or some advice to someone in a situation and they almost defend the situation as opposed to understanding that you're coming from a place of care. Like I had a, uh, you know, I was talking with, I'll just say a family member about a relationship issue that was clearly wrong. How they were dealt with was wrong, but they actually defended the negativity. And I just kind of had to accept that that was just the place that they were at, which to me then makes it clear why God sometimes won't step in or can't step in because our hearts are not changed. And our perception of a thing is still justifying which should not be justified. Right. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, I've, I've kind of like, I wonder if fearing exceedingly, that word fearing, if it's the same as how the Bible, when it says to fear God, right? I would hope Reverential so. Reverential fear, mm-hmm. not actual fear. Mm-hmm. But because my, my, my thought is like, okay, these cats have been with Jesus for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. They've seen him perform miracles. Mm-hmm. But think about it. You see somebody, okay, he heals this person. He heals that person, right? This person gets healed. All right. But that's different than seeing somebody literally go like, stop. And everything stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it's a whole different ball game one thing mm-hmm. is operate through like on human beings yeah and it's like that's still a big deal but when somebody is like making the the the, the elements stop on command <laughs> oh snap like yeah. i can see them be like oh snap this is real right here. Yeah. Like, this is crazy right here. Yeah, it's... Whoa. It's funny you say that. Like, I got the application Bible. Is It says here, uh, in regards to that verse 41, where they said they feared exceedingly, it says the disciples lived with Jesus, but they underestimated him. They did not see that his power applied to their very own... I'm sorry, they did not see that his power, I did read that right, applied to their very own situation. Jesus has been with his people for over 20 centuries. And yet we, like the disciples, underestimate his power to handle crises in our lives. The disciples did not yet know enough about Jesus. We cannot make the same excuse. But that's what is, it's also interesting. excuse me, that it's one thing for them because they were just really getting to know him. But we know too much to doubt what we have at this point, know about the word, know through biblical history, which has proven many uh, on many occasions to be factual historical evidence from our own spiritual experiences that 
God is more than capable. And we still doubt. Like, you know, it's like, okay, going, going to our current situation, you know, on how people say what is the right and wrong thing to do. Who is to say what is right and wrong unless it applies to the word? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So, like, going back to the whole, like, mass thing. I don't think it's a, a right or a wrong thing. Right. I think it depends on how it affects your brother. So, like, when I'm out and about, like, if I'm in a place where, like, for instance, you can go into the supermarket people are wearing masks every here and there a hairline you'll see is somebody not but if we go to a restaurant nobody's wearing them so who is to decide where you wear them and where you don't you know what i mean because you are still able to go in these places uh with the exception i guess of you know certain areas where it's a mandate at this point um you know and it's not, it's something that you get to decide. It's your, it's your decision. Right. So like if I'm in a place, <coughs> excuse me, where I see, like if I'm at work and I have a client who comes in and they have their mask, I will out of respect for my brother, my sister, my client, which is to me the same thing. I will have my mask. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then I have some people, it's not their preference. And it makes them feel distant from me. You can even, they'll even express it. They don't like that feeling. So we have a mutual comfort where that is not a requirement. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Some of them, they're like, you do you, Tiff. You know what I mean? And they may have their mask, but they wear it everywhere. It don't matter whether, unless they're like in their actual home. You know what I mean? I don't know if they drive in their car with it, but outside of their car or their home they got it on it don't matter who what when where and why yeah yeah you know so i think it's also in that scenario where i don't think it's a wrong or a right thing it depends on how it affects my brother or my sister yes and you want people to feel comfortable Uh, but yeah I, i i always feel like people also have their small uh, interjections of what they believe is the right or the wrong thing to do. And I believe that's up to the leading of the Holy spirit and our discernment of others. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. but you know, in all respect, I expect that from others as well for myself, you know, I mean, I do care enough to debate, but I will also, I'm open to honest dialogue. But if your 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 approach to me is direct commanding or judgment, I may have to politely agree to disagree with you uh, of my rights as a human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, now the law is a law and the word does command us to let what Caesars be Caesars. Uh, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah. You know, um, I wanted to go back to the whole passage about um, rebuking the wind mm-hmm. and speaking to the sea. Mm-hmm. The way I, I, I kind of hear it in my heart also is the sea is the environment. 
is because the sea is actually where the boat is mm-hmm. it sits in the sea so actually the sea was meant to be the conduit for going to the other side mm-hmm. for achieving the will of God mm-hmm. but the wind is the enemy the principality of the air the prince of the air mm-hmm. the wind is what caused the sea to be turbulent mm-hmm. so like when Jesus rebuked Peter he didn't rebuke Peter per se he rebuked the enemy that was operating through, through Peter mm-hmm. so he's rebuking the wind because the wind is causing the sea to be turbulent yes so he basically was like so the enemy is the wind or operating through the wind being mm-hmm. that is the principality of the air mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's causing the sea that was meant to be the way to the other side to now look like it was taking you down it was making you perish mm-hmm. so turning things around yeah but these are like, yeah but it's like the that even if you look at it that way when you look at the the people the fear is coming through the people right it's yeah. the people and it's an emotional response what yeah. are these two things whether you see it as the wind as an element when you see the wind as chatter these are all mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. these are all the same thing and it's in the, mind. in the mind it's in the mind and if we see you know uh, the the satan as the prince of the principality of the air that's also what would affect the mind yeah. what travels through the air communication thoughts you know and it's a movement emotion is energy in motion so this 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 energy through the air all of these things like to me it it just depends on how you want to rest on it yeah. it's pretty much still speaking a testimony to the same effect yeah. that it has on the individuals in the environment and you can look at it as a physical environment you can look at it as a mental environment an emotional environment the mental environment affects the emotional environment the the wind affects the environment do you see what i'm saying so but now you think <clears throat> you know we're in the water but the water is also encased in the earth right. do you see what i'm yeah. saying so if we really want to go deeper into it the earth in and of itself has areas that are stable and unmovable that's why the verse is on this rock i will build my church sure. you know what i mean yeah. so it's like you know i think it's it's the same message and and again that's the thing that i i think is wonderful is that you can get the same encouragement you can get the same interpretation but just from a different perspective if you want to see the wind as just an element but when you know educationally and some of some of the, the 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 educational travels i've had you know wind also has to do with the mind mm-hmm. yeah. you know and and how communication travels it travels through the air you know what i mean so if you want to see at the enemy traveling and 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 causing the wind to be angry and disruptive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that wind that anger that disruption affected the the element in which they thrive the body the body the, the body, body is water, the majority the of water 
Yeah. The body is the majority water, so but the, the body also has the wind. Body to exactly. Our thoughts turbulent. affect everything in us. Sure. Do you see what I'm saying? So then those thoughts are the wind. The thoughts are the wind. Yeah. That it affects our environment, our emotional environment, the thing in which uh, the everything else travels. Do you see what I'm saying? And then it affects our heart rate. You know what I mean? It affects the dilation of our pupils, the 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 how our our capillaries and vessels contract or dilate. You know what I mean? Then we get in that fight or flight. Like, you know, we can go from the macrocosm to the microcosm of humanity. Do you see what I'm saying? So, you know, this is like a whole a whole thing. And it just shows how God is so detailed. He doesn't miss a thing. He doesn't miss a thing. And I just think it's just so, I mean, like when you were talking, like for instance, just like when you were talking, you're talking out of your mouth. But as you are talking, I'm feeling the emotion coming from you. I could see the tears welling in your eyes. Do you see what I'm saying? They're water. Do you see what I'm saying? The thoughts that you're having, do you see what I'm saying? Which is wind, it's movement. Affects the water in your body. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. to me, it is just so divinely orchestrated and how we can receive that communication. And so we can even say, just like the wind in the world, we are nothing but small, many, many worlds. You know what I mean? We're many worlds. So if we can, if God can do that to the sea, and I think that is Jesus's whole communication with us is that power is within you. You are a mini this. You are a mini this. Basically, yeah. And in, in another imagery that comes out of that, that the boat is our spirit. In which Sitting we inside the wall, inside the body. That is, a, it can be affected by the thought, mm-hmm. the wind, if we mm-hmm. let it. Mm-hmm. But if Jesus is in our spirit, then what can happen to us? Mm-hmm. You can look at it if you want to go environment-wise. The 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 um, the wind is the is the is the is the I guess the the spirit being disturbed. The 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 water is the. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, let's wait. How do I wait? It says body, soul, spirit. So if we want to look at it as wind, water, and boat, we can look at it as, you know, our body as the environment. We can look at, you know what I mean? Like they're all reflections of who we are. Do you see what I'm saying? So we would actually be the spirit in the boat, which would be the body. Right. You see what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and the and the, and the uh, the the environment would be the body in which we dwell. Our spirits dwell in this physical environment, mm-hmm. our body, mm-hmm. and then this is the outer world, the wind. You know what I mean? Like I think it's just how you would break it down. It, it, it's almost if you're looking at at things, you would look at it as wind, water, and boat. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at it as people, it's spirit, 
mind and body. And that's another thing is we always talk about the flesh first when the flesh was last to be created. Mm-hmm. It should be spirit, soul, body, not body, soul, and spirit. That's speaking from a fleshly perspective. Right. But it's actually spirit, soul, body. You know, we can look at it all different ways. We can look at it all different ways. If you want to do elements, you have to stick with the elements. If you want to deal with physical uh, body, then you deal with the physical body. But I just think it's just so... um, It's just wonderful, I think, how these, these ways that God communicates with us through his word it's so applicable on any level so it's like you can take this and if you're dealing with someone who's in their emotions do you know what I mean and you can deal with someone who is dealing with something that's external that they're dealing with because this is where in this scripture they're dealing with an external trigger some of us deal with internal triggers Mm -hmm. and that's where the the thinking is becomes the wind do you see what I'm saying and their external environment effect, affected their internal environment. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just... And it's, pr- it's proven all over again in the other episode of the boat in the storm, mm-hmm. which is when Peter saw when, Jesus walking mm-hmm. and he got out of the boat. And said, Jesus, tell me to come to you. Yeah. And he said, come to me. Mm-hmm. So he started walking on, on water. But what happened? It's when he started focusing on the wind mm-hmm. again. Was That's it the wind when... or the waves? The wind. Was it? Yeah. Where's that at? Let's look that up. But I mean, I definitely agree with you in 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 the in the the whole philosophical perspective of it. Because again, Jesus was walking on the water, so it had maybe it had to be the wind. Because if he was walking on the water, it had to be calm. I just want to clarify, um, because I think that's that's really interesting as well. I love how he he had to tell Jesus had to tell him to come though. It's almost like I think if I if it was me. It would have been almost like, I guess, I guess I still would have asked permission, but part of me, I think the kid in me would have just jumped out of the boat. Um, Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind. Give me the, give me the, um. Matthew 14, 22, 22, 233. Matthew 14. 22? Yes. All right. Okay. Now in the fourth watch of the night, I don't even know what that means, (laughs) Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter 
answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hands and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they, and when they got onto the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So it's almost like it's the same exact story, but just with a different visual. Still the boat, still the wind. But you know, when you're in church, like the last time we heard, they mentioned waves. Now, Mm. it doesn't actually say what the sea was doing but the only thing I can say is you have to be correct because if Jesus was walking on the sea it had to be calm you know I mean not to say that it had to be calm for Jesus to walk on it you know what I mean but I think um I thought it was interesting again again they they don't believe what they're seeing and it's 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 actually the watch of the night so it's nighttime it's nighttime and it says they were troubled saying it is a ghost and cried out for fear and it says be of good cheer it is I do not be afraid now mind you even Peter was still like Lord if it is you he's like okay I hear what you're saying But if it's you, tell me I can come out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, mind you, after he does all that, Jesus has come. He sees the wind. He's afraid. He's beginning to sink. And he says, Lord, save me. He, He said, you know, Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and caught him and says again. He said the same thing. Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? So it's almost like, you know, we have to wait, you know. I I don't even know. Is that saying? That's the question. And I think it's a rhetorical question. Because if we have faith, if we see Jesus doing it, we should automatically know we can too. You know what I mean? But the simple fact, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying even my question is rhetorical because it's like, do we actually have to ask Jesus first? You know, like in the other story, they're like, do you not care? What do you mean? Of course Jesus cares. Like, is that a rhetorical question? I'm here with you. Right? <laughs> if you if you go and I'm going to go too. Like, what do you mean? Don't I not care for my own life as well? You know, but it's like we, they have to ask <laughs> You know, we had to ask, he had to ask Jesus, like, oh, if it, it's really you, like, we got to test God. You know what I mean? Which is interesting how even Tony, he was saying, you know, we can ask God questions, but we don't challenge. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing that I think is humbling about Jesus is 
there were many times that people were like, Lord, if, if this is really you, you know what I mean? Like I think about Gideon and how Gideon asked God a couple times, all right, all right, well, if you do this. If you make this dry and that wet. wet. <laughs> now, if you make that dry and, and this, this wet. wet. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, like um, I just think it's it's really interesting. And I, I, I just think, we can apply this to all aspects of our lives, even in, even sickness and disease, you know, and we have to stay out of the, we got to stop focusing on the wind, the chatter, the, all of these different things and, and ask for the Holy Spirit to lead us in all truth and give us a peace about what we need to do. And I just think that's just... It's just a wonderful thing about the word. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I think the older I get and I have more life experience, which is why I believe that children are seen so differently in our accountability to, to, to God, because after a certain point, we should know better. Just like the scripture said, you know, back then the disciples feared, but we have too much of the word now to be as fearful as we are. And I think that that is why, you know, in these times we wait on the Lord and he strengthens us. He provides the way. And when we feel like all of this stuff around us is, 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 is coming against us and we're flapping our wings because we have faith. Because I think, you know, even that little eagle, eaglet, as he called it, trying to fly. And I think well, when you're in new situations, we're like a new eaglet. You know what I mean? This is a new situation. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to flap our wings. But we also have to get strength enough for that new that new element, that new current. And I think that the more we practice, the stronger we get. Yeah. I mean, these eaglets' wings are even a lot shorter than the wings of an adult eagle. You know what I mean? So our wings have to grow in, in, in length. And I think that that's really all we have to do is focus on the Lord and flap our wings, flap our faith. You know what I mean? And that they could constant uh, renewal of the mind in remembering that we don't have to do it with our own strength. Hence the the flapping of the wings. Mm -mm. But all we got to do is reach towards God, mm-hmm. hence the stretching of the wind, mm-hmm. and just... The current will and lift just, us. And just glide. Yeah, exactly. And just glide. Exactly. But, but you know, I think that the fact that uh, uh, while Jesus talks about us having little faith, but then talking about how it takes the faith of the size of a mustard seed to enter the, enter the kingdom. It speaks also to the grace that we receive every day. That God knows. Mm-hmm. He knows that we have the tendency mm-hmm. to waver in our faith or to forget mm-hmm. how good He is. Mm-hmm. He knows that. And He doesn't hold that against us as long as we continue to grow. I don't, and I think you're right. I think. It's not even one of those where I think if you love, if you're a loving person and you love with the love of the Lord, you know, uh, it's not easy to not be affected 
by your environment. Sometimes your environment isn't necessarily your emotions. It could be external. It could be the people that are around you. You know, and I think that when you are constantly bombarded and it's a new situation, it, I don't even think it's, it's, it's always a lack of faith. I think when, when, when we talk about faith and doubt, there are two, lack of faith and doubt is different. You know, you can have certain levels of faith. You see what I'm saying? Like when you're, when God is moving you to another level, you know, that doesn't mean that when you are in a new situation, you actually lack in faith. You just may not know how to grow in that area. If it's a new situation, I mean, if you were used to it, you wouldn't, you know, need God. Do you see what I'm saying? Because you're used to it. But there's things that build your faith. That doesn't mean you're lacking in it. You're just building more of it. Then there's doubt. I think, you know, when when you go lower than that mustard seed, that's just pretty much doubting that it can even happen. Mm-hmm. When you look at those waves and you start to sink, that's, that's it, it depends. Like, you know, clearly Peter had faith enough. He had some faith. That's why he called him you of little faith. The fact yeah, that they were no, no faith. faith. Exactly. He said you of little faith. Now, if I go back to... Uh, where was it in uh, Philippians? I think, no, actually not Philippians. Where was it? I was just looking at, I think I was in Matthew. Um, where they were in the boat. I'm going back to the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh Lord. Lord. Um, okay, here we go. Um, no, that's not it. Where's that one again? Where they're in the where uh not walking on the water, they're in the boat. Uh, that was uh, Mark four. Okay. There we go. Thirty nine. So then in Mark four, he talks about um. He said. says how is it that you have no faith now in the boat he said little faith because he was at least excited enough to walk on the water he said can I come so he had he was like look if you can do it I can do it so he had some faith and his faith needed to be built and that's really that was really actually interesting that you brought it up that of little faith in this one which actually was like well what does he say about their faith in this one and he literally says how is it that you have no faith? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So in, in Matthew, when, when Peter at least walked on the water, he just needed his faith built. Right. Where these guys, he's like, you have no faith. And that's different. That is way different. And, and, and I also noticed that he had to rebuke in the in the passage where he says no faith you see what i'm saying where in in matthew where uh peter was walking in the boat he didn't rebuke anyone so that just goes to show that he didn't necessarily wasn't dealing with the enemy and peter walking on the water but he was dealing with the enemy if anything with mm-hmm. peter it sounds like it 
he was just a test because the moment he walked in the boat everything stopped there you go there you go it was a test mm-hmm. and Peter was the only one that while he was distracted by the wind mm-hmm. he heard his voice and left everybody behind yeah stepped out of the comfort zone that was the boat uh-huh and followed and it, it looked like he was excited to go yeah. he was excited to go if I read in the application it says although we start out with good intentions sometimes our faith falters this doesn't necessarily mean that we have failed when Peter's faith faltered he reached out to Christ the only one who could help he was afraid, but he still looked to Christ. When you are apprehensive about the troubles around you and doubt Christ's presence or ability to help, remember that he is always with you and is the only one who can really help. Now, if we switch over to to uh, to to Mark, where you know they're in the water, I'm gonna go up to where it says uh, it says here. Um, going up to Mark 4.35, it says, On the same day, when the evening had come, he said to him, Let us cross over to the other side. So I think this was still a test. It was both of them were tests. Because he he's, both times, it's God, Jesus' idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Jesus' idea when he says... Um, I'm going to basically go yeah. ahead yeah well in matthew 14 where it says jesus walks on the water it says in in 14 immediately jesus says to his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away and when what when he had sent the multitudes away he went up to the mountain by himself to pray now when evening came he was alone there but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. So there was wind. There was wind. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to him, them walking on the sea. So now he sent them ahead of him. While he went to pray. I don't know what the conversation was. But it might have been something that he was even commanded by God to do. Because Jesus went up to pray alone. Mm -hmm. And talk with God. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Jesus Mm -hmm. only does what is as commanded by the Father. So at the very moment he's praying, this is happening to them. Yes. Well, let's see. Let's see. Just to be clear. Um, it says he sent the multitudes away went up to the mountain by himself to pray now when the evening came he was alone there but now but the boat was now in the middle of the sea tossed by waves for the wind was contrary so the wind was contrary it already says the wind was going against them so I don't, I mean clearly by that point there was a, a bit of a windy sea now, he was up in, in the mountain by himself, and the, it was evening by then, so he was up there by himself, but now the wind was tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary. 
Um, now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them. So he he went to them later is the entire point, And he was walking on the sea. But now, mind you, he's walking on the sea and they were troubled. So they're seeing, even through this tumultuous sea, they're seeing Jesus walking on it without a care. Now... They didn't believe it was him because I'm assuming they never saw it. They never saw anything like that. So again, that was fair. Fair enough. But then Jesus, you know, came. He's saying, be of good cheer. Peter's excited to be like, yo, that's dope. I'm trying to get out there with you. Like, I want to see, I want to do that too. So I think you're right. I think he was, he was, you know, it was a test clearly uh, Peter was the only one that passed, but Peter was also the only one that recognized him righteously as the son of God, you know? So now going, continuing with what we were saying, how, um, again, now we're in Mark talking about how Jesus comes to storm. It says on the, um, it says on the same day when evening had come. So again, it's evening. He had said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, mind you, he's with them this time. That's the difference. He's not separated. Mm-hmm. But it's still Jesus' idea. And it's the evening time. And you ever notice the correlation between high emotions and night? Mm-hmm. Most people have issues emotionally in the evening time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also pretty interesting. Um, and it says, you know, now they had left the multitude and they took him along with the boat as he was. Wait, they took him along in the boat as he was. I'm kind of now that's a little interesting. I, I would have to read a little bit more. And the other boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So now this is where it is different, though, is that even though Jesus was with them, he was separated from them in a different portion of the boat resting. Right. So it says, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then Jesus rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be when even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, uh, the interesting part was he's still with the same pe- people, but they don't delineate Peter. Mm-hmm. They put them all together. So again, mm-hmm. this is Mark's rendition of it mm-hmm. as opposed to Matthew. Um so it's just interesting also the different versions uh now in in mark i don't know if he has the the parable of jesus walking on the water right do you see what i'm saying he has a different parable in comparison to uh, matthew